Think of before what also Congresswoman Omar said. She equated the U.S. military and Israel security forces with Hamas and the Taliban. She said support for Israel is all about the Benjamins. Tlaib, what did she say inside their conference? That she had a calming feeling when discussing the Holocaust. Who in their right mind could even say that? Ah, uh, yes. Well, a uh, virulent, genocidal anti-Semite. That's, uh, that's who could say that. And, and very much in the mainstream of the Democrat Party. Which is fine, of course, because, you know, two parties, two standards, no waiting, very convenient, particularly for the genocidal anti-Semites. You know, if anyone should use George Soros's name, to mention something true about him funding anti-police pseudo-prosecutors across the country. The Democrats accuse you of being an anti-Semite for the mere mention of George Soros's name. And uh, then on the other hand, you have members of Congress, Democrat members of Congress, who are virulently and violently anti-Semitic, just call it what it is. You know, you can't be anti-Israel and not be an anti-Semite. As I like to say, it's kind of like being uh, anti-Japan, but saying you're not anti-Japanese. I No, I don't think Japan has a right to exist. Japan is a genocidal death cult. And, you know, during World War II, there was a good deal of evidence that might have suggested that's true. Uh, and uh, then, thanks to us, uh, they got better. And we even let the emperor live. We're very, very generous, very generous people. But... Uh, we got uh, Rashida Tlaib, and uh, we've got uh, Pramila Jayapal, and they are, boy, they are really something. Let me tell you something. Uh, and uh, that was a good, that was a good uh, summary there that we just had to open the, the big radio broadcast. Happy Tuesday to you, and welcome. Uh, there's a great deal more than Democrat Party anti-Semitism, which is rampant. By the way, the uh, majority of anti-Semitic attacks in the United States and they talk about hate crimes. Democrats love to talk about hate crimes uh, because they prefer love crimes, which have to do with children usually. Eh, eh, keep them away from the children. But um, the, uh, most of the hate crimes that we find, New York City, anti-Semitic hate crimes. That's what they are. And when you find the people perpetrating those hate crimes, you find, who do you find, Michael? Democrats. That's who you find, Democrats. The New York Times tried desperately uh, pleading with the NYPD to provide them with an example of some kind of a MAGA hat wearing, you know, something or other, and they couldn't find one. There wasn't a single one, not one, uh, in the in the pantheon of anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City, uh, where the lion's share, you will find, of uh, hate crimes are taking place. But never mind that. Uh, the Democrat Party is the party of anti-Semites, and they've got a safe space there, don't they? And the Democrat Party, although what was it? Uh, more than 40 Democrats um, signed on to a letter yesterday. Was it claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation? No, no, no. A different, a different letter saying that they didn't agree with uh, Pramila Jayapal's anti-Semitic screed, where uh, she, you know, uh, it's Israel that's a racist state, not the radical Islamic jihadi terrorist group that's dedicated to the total destruction of the state of Israel from the river to the sea and all of that. Now, they're not the racists in the conversation. The, uh, the one nation, the one government in that region of the world that uh, has, uh, you know, allows a, uh, a, uh, an ethnic and religious mix 
There are Christians, Jews, and Muslims living together in peace in Israel and only in Israel when it comes to that part of the world. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody has rights and things, but, but never mind that because the left is totalitarian and or authoritarian, and that includes members of the Democratic Party in the United States of America. So uh, we've got that, and uh, I've got audio for you on that because these anti-Semites and, and all that. But uh, former FBI supervisory special agent confirms IRS whistleblower testimony. The uh, U.S. House of Representatives Oversight Committee put out a statement yesterday, and most of the news media didn't bother to cover the story because they don't want it to be true. They're like little girls hiding in their closet thinking there's something scary under the bed. Uh, They don't want to cover the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. How many members of the Biden family have gotten money from this, this trough uh, was it nine? Was it 12? Uh, some of the grandchildren are getting money from the Biden family overseas money trough, but that's okay. Pay no attention. The IRS whistleblowers come forward, and we've got uh, Jen Psaki on MSDNC uh, yesterday with uh, her, her, her uh, Democrat Party friend. Now, I mean, she's, of course, she was the White House spokesman until spokesmodel, spokesperson, spokesvillain. Uh, until recently, and uh, then she was naturally gobbled up by MSDNC to be a journalist. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers, and uh, she had uh, she had a show on with, um, you know, a Democrat member of Congress, and they're and they're attacking anyone that would seek the truth on Capitol Hill about the Democrats or the uh, the Biden family because that's not allowed. That's frowned upon, you know. Uh, but the uh, they've been attacking the IRS. Uh, people that have come forward as whistleblowers. Now an FBI supervisory special agent, senior FBI agent, has come forward to confirm the IRS whistleblower testimony that it was the Justice Department and the FBI that put the kibosh on further investigation into Hunter Biden. And so uh, that is uh, going public. And and we're going to have Devin Archer, the business associate and friend of Hunter Biden, is going to be testifying under oath on Capitol Hill that is coming up as well. So we will uh, uh, hopefully learn some more on that. That's the guy who did the shakedown of the Indian tribe for tens of millions of dollars, right? And then got caught. Yeah, Devin Archer. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Isn't he also a cartoon character of a secret agent on a cable channel somewhere? Archer? Maybe that's not Devin Archer. I'm not sure. Uh, so the former FBI special supervisory agent, Uh, confirms the IRS whistleblower testimony. Uh, And that means that the news media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself, will have to attack the supervisory special agent, the FBI, along with attacking the IRS whistleblowers, along with attacking the members of Congress to whom the whistleblowers have reported the misdeeds. But uh, pay no attention to that. Uh, Also, New York City, they've, uh, they've got a lawsuit uh, ongoing and now it's it turns out this is a crazy lawsuit that uh, black and Hispanic New Yorkers failed the teachers test. They wanted to become teachers in the public school system, so they took the test and they failed the test and they failed the test. And then Bill De Blasio got involved while he was the mayor of uh, New York City, and uh, now the uh, the. The, it's uh, it's just a crazy $1.8 billion slush fund now for people that failed the test, only if they're black and Hispanic, not if they're white or Asian. I'm sure white Asian people failed the test too, 
but they're not the ones that filed the lawsuit because the test can see your race and your ethnicity. It knows. And, uh, and so if you're black or Hispanic, 5,200 black Hispanic um, people that aspired to be teachers and they failed the test, now there is a $1.8 billion judgment uh, that will be distributed among uh, not the white, Asian, or Aleut uh, people that failed the test, just the black and Hispanic. So, and uh, one guy who was involved is getting $2 million. He failed the test years ago now. He took the teacher's test, he failed the test, and now he's getting $2 million because he failed the test. Because, why, Michael? Because Democrats is the correct answer. Uh, Also in Los Angeles, California, uh, Los Angeles, California, Los Angeles Police Union, the vice president of the police union, put out a memo to the membership, to the police officers, Los Angeles LAPD, and said, leave, leave the LAPD and go someplace where you're appreciated, where the city council uh, isn't anti-you. And I have that uh, vice president from the LAPD police union uh, to share with you today as well. It's quite a, uh, quite a story. And the weather, the New York Times, they've got Paul Krugman, the weird little man who rides the subway at night doing Sudoku puzzles. Is that what they are? Sudoku? Because I have to remember every time I, I do Sudoku uh, puzzles or whatever they're called. But uh, Paul Krugman, he's got the headline today, Why We Should Politicize the Weather. Why We Should Politicize the Weather is the, uh, is the thing. And also, we've got another, we've got more geniuses in the Democrat Congress. Ilhan Omar, who is, uh, isn't she an anti, she's got to be an anti-Semite. She must be. Um, I don't want to generalize, you know, but she is a Democrat. So the, uh, she posted, <laughs> the earth just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. This is what she wrote. Um, you know, I, 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 I Googled on my local weather app, and they don't have records going back quite that far. But the Earth just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. In fact, we broke in on three separate days. We broke in on three separate days. National climate emergency now. We should have troops in the street with bayonets affixed and military vehicles, and everyone should be on lockdown. It should be like Wuhan, but on LSD with uh, Nazis in charge because... You know how they are. Some people did something. That's exactly right. Her uh, summary of September 11th, 2001. That's, uh, it's uh, pretty amazing stuff. Now, climate.nasa.gov did a quick fact check on Ilhan Omar's tweet where she said we just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. Now, that's, you know, Jesus Christ walked to the earth about 2,000 years ago. So that's Jesus Christ plus... Uh, 118,000 years, right? And that's, they have, the Democrats have the weather records. They're carved in stone somewhere. Uh, But uh, climate.nasa.gov, the uh, NASA themselves, said it is not possible to have accurately measured the daily temperature dating back 120,000 years. So this tweet should not be presented as fact. NASA climate scientists recognize 1880 as the start of modern climate records. What, not 120,000 years ago? Aren't there cave drawings somewhere showing us what the, uh, you know, honestly, and uh, Stephen Miller uh, of the uh, Trump organization with a funny response in tweet, 
What was the temperature of the globe at 12 p.m. GMT on July 1st, 116,539 B.C.? B.C., uh, before, that's before Christ uh, for uh, Democrats, for whom dog is their co-pilot. So we got, uh, we got that. That's, uh, you know, the, I, I got the Democrats in Congress, between the weather and Israel and, and whistleblowers, uh, they, uh, uh, boy, oh boy. Mm, I'm telling you. So we got that. Also, uh, Disney, you know, Disney has had all kinds of really bad ideas. See, they got that Seven Dwarves movie, but they can't use dwarves except for Peter Dinklage and then uh, six tall people because uh, Snow White doesn't have seven dwarves anymore. They're going to have to change the name of the whole thing, the whole concept, because they're, they're insane, I think is the, the correct uh, summary. Disney park attendance has plummeted, is the headline. Here's why, CEO says. The CEO, I don't think you can depend on the CEO to explain why their attendance has plummeted at their parks where it costs, I think, a million dollars a day to bring your family, something like that. Also in Hong Kong, apparently they've got liberals in Hong Kong too. In uh, Hong Kong, Hong Kongers, that's what people that live in Hong Kong are called, Hong Kongers urged to stare at smokers in disapproving way to help create a tobacco-free city. Uh, Hong Kong, wonderful city. Um, I was there only shortly after the communists took over uh, with their bayonets affixed and their rifle butts at the ready. But the, uh, they're supposed to stare disapprovingly at smokers as a way to lead to a non-smoking Hong Kong. Now, Democrats do that here over almost everything, don't they? Stare disapprovingly over all kinds of things. That's what they do all the time. I mean, just standing still waiting for something to be offended by on a subway train, they, they stand there staring disapprovingly because they're Democrats. Anthony Fauci. According to Senator Rand Paul, Anthony Fauci in retirement is being treated like a president. Taxpayer-funded security. I've told you about this. Uh, seen him walking around the city doing his fast walk with a big security guy uh, doing his fast walk next to him. I've, I've told you about my witnessing this. Also, a pantless Democrat in priest's purple vestments breaks into a New York City uh, church and trashes the place because... That's what they do. And uh, the Canadians and state-sponsored suicide, they're for it. Everything has to be chained up and locked down in San Francisco now because, you know why? Because Democrats. Democrats. And uh, we've got a lot more. We're at 888-630-9625. 888-630-9625. There's something aggressive about standing there. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear, around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. And, uh, of course, when a Democrat member of the House of Representatives, Pramila Jayapal, condemns Israel as a racist state, the New York Times jumps in to call it a gaffe and uh, talks about the hysterical overreaction. It's a hysterical overreaction to a gaffe. Come on. Genocidal anti-Semitism is perfectly mainstream and normal and and siding with radical Islamic uh, jihadi organizations hell-bent on the total destruction of the Jewish state is perfectly normal and fine. I don't know why anyone would take issue with any of that. Pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, the racist uh, hysterical. There it is. So we'll uh, we'll get into that because, because these lies cannot stand, honestly. Someone has to call these people on this stuff. Thank God I'm here. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, did you see at the White House yesterday, Cobble Kirby was at the podium, and he was driving his finger into the, into the podium top like this. Driving his fingertip. He's been exercising his fingertip and pounding his finger, and he's uh, angry. And, and uh, preserving abortion uh, in the military and paying for transportation and giving extra time off is a sacred duty. It's a, it's a, a strange choice of words by uh, Kabul Kirby from the White House podium, uh, no less. Yeah, and uh, the troll Paul Krugman, why we should politicize the weather because, because it's a thing, you know, and they should politicize everything. That's the, that's the deal with them. Uh, that's why they should politicize the weather. And that's what they're bragging about at the New York Times. After officially beginning his presidential campaign, Ron DeSantis was asked about climate change. The story begins. So not only is it an advocacy of politicizing the weather, he opens with an attack on Ron DeSantis because, you know, they got to set him straight on the weather. We've got to take away all your rights and most of your money and disallow you from doing all the things that you're accustomed to doing because the weather and it's hot in Arizona, you know. He brushed the issue aside. He said, I've always rejected the politicization of the weather. But we absolutely should politicize the weather, Paul Krugman says. In practice, environmental policy probably won't be a central issue in the 2024 campaign. They actually think they're going to change the climate of the planet Earth by seizing more power and abusing it. They don't really think that, do they? Yeah, the New York Times uh, sees the weather as a polarizing, uh, no pun intended, political issue. And uh, Paul Krugman, who's a radical left-wing extremist, uh, is attacking Ron DeSantis in his opening sentence about the weather which tells you almost everything you need to know about about this evil dwarf. Uh, And he says, we absolutely should politicize the weather in practice. 
environmental policy probably won't be a central issue in the 2024 campaign, which will mainly turn on the economy and social issues. Yeah, how dare we, huh? Still, we're living in a time of accelerated climate-related disasters. I blame the Democrats. And the environmental extremism of the Republican Party. It is more hostile to climate action, meaning authoritarianism, which will not affect the weather at all, than any other major political party in the advanced world. Well, Germany just tried their their no gas, no oil, uh, solar panel, uh, no nuclear thing. How'd that uh, work out for them? Maybe it's that we're paying attention and we have some appreciation for science. Various sciences, like biology. You know, there are two genders, for example, male and female, men and women. We, uh, you know, we cracked the code on the genome project. Chromosomes, that whole thing, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, we're the party of science. And when it comes to science, we know that China puts twice as much, more than twice as much CO2 into the air as the United States does, and that we are in the process of reducing and uh, we reduced our, our particulate pollutants dramatically by more than 50% uh, compared to 1970. Uh, and Republicans, like Richard Nixon, created the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act. Uh, you know, uh, Republicans tend to be outdoorsmen and hunters and not basement-dwelling serial killers like so many Democrats are. But that aside, so he says the Republican Party is more hostile to climate action And honestly, that means draconian governmental policies that will have zero effect on the weather, but will have a massive and detrimental effect to the economy and to jobs and to human beings and to our lifestyle. Um, You know, if the weather is changing, and the weather changes because the weather always changes. I, I don't know when the Democrat Party decided that the weather should remain static uh, forever and ever. Uh, and I, I wonder, you know, I'd like to request 73 degrees and sunny uh, 24 hours a day with, uh, you know, not too heavy uh, cloud cover, but some cumulus clouds, like the sky in The Simpsons, you know, the open of The Simpsons. I think that's the kind of sky we'd all like. And uh, 73 degrees, would that be, or is that too, uh, is that just about right, Michael? 73? Some people like it a little warmer. Some people might like it a little cooler. Uh, I'll take 73. That's me. So I'd like to put it. Where do I put my request into the Democrat Party for the perfect weather? Since you guys are in charge of the thermostat, and you have the power, the godlike power, since you killed God and then made yourself uh, God. I'd say if God did not exist, it would be necessary to invent him. And the Democrat Party, the left, killed God, and uh, then they invented God, and it is them. See, that's the thing. And they have their invisible man in the sky, and it's CO2, and it's the the looming secular apocalypse from which we can only be saved, you'll never guess, by them, you see. Uh, But in order to accomplish this, we're just going to have to give up a lot, our rights, our freedoms, our liberties, the economy. And, you know, they want to control your thermostat at home. They want to take away your gas-powered vehicle and then have uh, lots of electric vehicles with giant batteries that are toxic waste sites when the car crashes. And the elements are gathered up by slave labor, usually child labor, in places like Africa uh, at the hands of the Chinese who are pulling together the elements, for the rare earth elements for the batteries 
Uh, and you know, then if your car is T-boned in an intersection, you got to call the got to call the hazmat team in uh, to deal with the battery uh, stuff. So we got that going for us. But at the New York Times, it's the Republicans and Ron DeSantis. The first two paragraphs are attacks on Ron DeSantis and the Republican Party. This is the New York Times talking about the weather and why we should politicize the weather? And he called it the weather, not the climate. Have you seen that? Because normally they attack you when you call it the weather. They say it's not the weather, it's the climate. Yeah. You guys have fun with that over there, circling your navel. But uh, whatever. So the Republican Party is uh, more hostile to climate action than any other major political party in the advanced world. Would in a more rational political debate be the biggest election issue of them all? Okay, let's make it the biggest election issue of them all. This is the New York Times. They're uh, completely insane. Yes, they are. Uh, and uh, let's get to Kabul Kirby from the from the White House yesterday, because uh, John Kirby, retired admiral, was he a one star or a two star when he retired? And he's the Democrat Party spokesmodel. Uh, he was at the State Department, right? And then he's uh, now in charge of uh, lying to all kinds of people about all kinds of things. Uh, but he, yesterday from the White House, took on all kinds of weird things, including abortion in the military, because they love abortion. God, do they love abortion. They're crazy for abortion. And if there are any restrictions anywhere, then the military has to accommodate the, uh, mm, 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 mm. it's, uh, it's just, it's crazy. So, uh, let's get to, let's get to Kabul Kirby from yesterday at the White House and share, uh, a couple of the things that he had to say about, uh, abortion access, a foundational sacred obligation. He calls abortion the snuffing out of an innocent defenseless human life. Sacred. I guess he's not a good Catholic. I'm thinking probably not his lane when it comes to comes to all this. But uh, John Kirby, the National Review, has the story. Pentagon spokesman calls for abortion access, uh, or calls abortion access, quote, foundational sacred obligation. Wow, that's a different America altogether, isn't it? The foundational sacred obligation. That's, that's not even Western thinking, but that's Cobble Kirby. So here's Cobble Kirby at the White House yesterday, and he talked about other things as well. And a couple of them were making Michael and I laugh uh, this morning before we went on the radio. Our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about... Diversity, in, did, did he say diversity, inclusion, and equity? Because I think he got that backward according to the party uh, thing, right? Uh, diversity, it's supposed to be diversity, equity, and inclusion because that's DEI. But if it's diversity, inclusion, and equity, then that is, of course, DIE, which is die. And I've been talking about this forever. It should definitely be diversity, inclusion, and equity. And then it could be die America because that's their long term plan. Whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity. See? Diversity, include that's die. die. So your policy is die? Yes, it is, uh, Cobble Kirby yesterday at the White House. Our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity. 
the transgender die military, uh, which loves abortion because they're the party of death. Right? It's the culture of death. They're the left. They're not liberals. They're the left. It makes all the difference in the world. Liberalism is effectively dead in America. Um, it's been killed by the left, and they've co-opted most people that self-describe as liberals, and they've converted them, uh, for the most part, I think, without their knowledge, into leftists. So, wait a minute. The military needs diversity, inclusion, and equity, die, and transgenderism so we can pay for uh, the mental maladies of people that say they want to serve in the military, but I don't think they're there to be romping, stomping, paratrooping, life-taking terrorist killers. Uh, they're there to have their genitals sever- severed and, and flayed and uh, turned inside out and reinserted and then say, I'm a lady, you know, and then they can endorse Bud Light and, and it'll, be, it'll be great. So uh, there's, this is, and he's a retired naval officer. Uh, he's circling his naval officer here. And uh, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And then, of course, the transgender military, very important. Female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself. And it matters. One in five uh, people serving in the military, uh, female. And uh, it's a foundational uh, Western or something uh, sacred obligation to accommodate diversity, inclusion, equity, transgender, abortion, because that's what did he call it? Um, uh, Health care or, uh, you know, it's a foundational. It's health care for whom exactly? <laughs> That is a foundational, sacred obligation. It is a foundational, sacred obligation in the Biden administration, the Democrat Party's uh, military. Now, I mean, it's uh, if you're serving in the military and you're in North Dakota, I don't know what the abortion laws are in North Dakota, uh, but uh, you know, this is not a, this is really not a crisis. This, as there have been some changes to abortion laws. Um, you know, it's not the Soviet Union. You can drive from state to state. It's not a major crisis. It's okay. Everyone calm down. And maybe uh, this way, I don't know, maybe you'll choose one of about 14 different methods of birth control that the patriarchy has provided and, uh, you know, thank a white guy for all of the various forms of birth control that are available to you in the 21st century in the United States of America. And what kind of a bigot is he? Why is it just uh, a foundational sacred obligation for female soldiers when we know that, you know, four in five people serving in the military identify as men, but that doesn't mean they can't get pregnant, does it? Bigot, racist, Cobble Kirby, what's the matter with you anyway? Come on. (laughs) Man, I'm... uh, you're, you're Democrats. You're a Democrat party. And this is this is them building the military. Gee, I wonder why they're having so much trouble reading, meeting their recruiting goals. I wonder if it could have anything to do with any of this. Let's, uh, Michael, let's go to the telephones. We're at 888-630-9625. Uh, let's go to Rick 
calling from Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Ricardo, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Thanks for taking my call, Chris. Um, these uh, climate activists that glue themselves to runways and highways, they're the dumbest people on earth because they're fighting a problem that doesn't exist, and they're counterproductive because they're creating more CO2, not less CO2. Well, you know, you just reminded me of the man that self-immolated in front of the Supreme Court on Earth Day last year. He was a Democrat who came in from Colorado, and uh, he thought he was a Buddhist monk. So he uh, sat on the uh, front plaza in front of the United States Supreme Court, and he self-immolated. He doused himself in flammable flammable liquids and set himself on fire. It took him several days to die from his act. Um, and he was protesting that the Supreme Court hadn't done enough to stop people from putting smoke in the air. So naturally, he set himself on the fire and made uh, smoke and put it into the air because every day is an IQ test. Uh, Rick, we're not dealing with rational people. You know, we've got, who was that actor guy that glued himself to a glass uh, countertop at, at Starbucks or something? They glue themselves, Rick, to pieces of art in museums in, in Europe. Uh, they glue their hands, and honestly, I think the proper punishment is to leave them there until their skin sloughs off. I don't think they should come in and, you know, with a spatula or anything and, and get them off. I think whatever they glue themselves to, they should just be left there uh, because, you know, their body, their choice, right? <laughs> pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. They're, Do you have uh, time for one little fact? Say again? Do you have time for one little fact? Of course I do. Okay, atmospheric CO2 is actually historically low right now, and the dangerous level for atmospheric CO2 is 150 parts per million. At 150 parts per million, all plant life dies, all animals die, all humans die. Okay, at 150 uh, ppm, I like to use ppm, you know, parts per million, and ppb for parts per billion, Um, but uh, just kidding. So the... um, they had 150 parts per million, then all life on Earth would die. Is that correct? That is correct. Plants can't survive at 150 parts per million. Uh, and where are we now? 415, maybe. So when we went up from 280, we actually saved the planet and everybody on it. I've noticed that in my neighborhood, trees are taller than ever. Uh, Washington, D.C. We live up high and we uh, look at trees. And uh, the, for the years that we've lived in our, uh, our skyscraper, our, our uh, tall building, uh, I've noticed that the trees are growing taller and taller. And I think that might be because, be because there's, uh, you know, no terminal height on trees or there is more CO2 in the air. So trees are growing taller. Is that possible? Yes. And there's going to be more fruit. And also desert areas are greening. You can look up earth greening. Just put that in your computer and you'll see that deserts are starting to become less desert. And in Canada, which is not only our largest national park, but it is the second largest nation in the world, uh, they have lots of uh, lots and lots and lots of uh, hundreds of thousands of square miles of uh, real estate that uh, really isn't worth a lot. But as the planet warms, uh, you'll be able to farm that land, we'll produce more crops, we'll feed more people. It will be hospitable and habitable, uh, unlike so much of, in particular, northern Canada now. Uh, same is true in Russia and, of course, around not just the northern hemisphere, but the southern hemisphere as well. I have trouble panicking 
Uh, oh, and wait, I've got a great story for you about what the sun is doing right now, too. And uh, you're never going to believe this. It's crazy. Something could happen today because of the great ball of fire in the sky. I've got that coming up. Now, um, I think Paul Krugman is probably hiding under a couch today because Space.com has the story out of NASA. Cannibal. It's called a cannibal. Cannibal coronal mass ejection that devoured dark eruption from sun will smash into Earth on July 18th. That's today. Uh, We should start panicking right now. It's really not too early to panic. Two coronal mass ejections have combined into an enormous cloud of magnetized plasma that is forecast to hit Earth on Tuesday. That's today. And potentially trigger a strong geomagnetic storm. I thought I felt something funny stirring in my loin this morning when I woke up. A cannibal coronal mass ejection birthed from multiple solar storms, including a surprise dark eruption, is uh, currently on a collision course with Earth and could trigger a sizable geomagnetic storm on our planet when it hits on Tuesday, July 18th. That continues to be today. Coronal mass ejections, CMEs. We got to call them CMEs from now on, coronal mass ejections, are large, fast-moving clouds of magnetized plasma and solar radiation that occasionally get flung into space alongside solar flares, powerful explosions on the sun's surface that are triggered when a horseshoe-shaped loop of plasma located near sunspots snap in half, (laughs) like an overstretched elastic band. If CMEs smash into Earth, they can cause geomagnetic storms. You know what that means, don't you? It means that Democrats start thinking like normal people. Disturbances in our planet's magnetic field that can trigger partial radio blackouts. Be on the lookout because I'm on the radio right now. This could lead to a partial radio blackout and produce vibrant aurora displays much farther away from the Earth's magnetic poles than normal. So we could see the northern lights. That'd be cool. Hey, bring on more CMEs. I want more CMEs. Can can we pay for more CMEs? I want more of those. Superstorm Sandy. <laughs> John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.